Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. It's Thursday, February 17th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Farmers in Missouri are feeling the effects of climate change. We don't get a couple of inches of snow. We get 18 inches of snow all at once. And then in five days, it's 70 degrees again. Like, that's devastating to a vegetable farm. In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Shayla Farzan will report on how climate change is making farmers take a different approach to growing crops. The U.S. Department of Justice is suing Missouri over the Second Amendment Preservation Act. The controversial gun law prevents state authorities from enforcing federal gun regulations. The Justice Department argues the law discriminates against federal agencies and workers. The legal filing also claims the act limits law enforcement's ability to do their job and undermines federal authority, which is supposed to take precedence over state law. Republican Attorney General Eric Schmidt calls the lawsuit a partisan attack on Missourians' Second Amendment rights by the Biden administration. The Missouri Supreme Court is currently considering the constitutionality of the act. A Missouri Senate committee has reversed a decision by the House on how much money the state should allocate for employee raises. As St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports, the Senate's appropriation mirrors the request from the governor. Under Governor Mike Parson's original proposal, all state workers in Missouri would receive a 5.5 percent cost of living adjustment. Also, a $15 an hour baseline would have been established. The House modified that request, passing a budget bill that decreased funding for raises, having some workers earn $12 an hour. However, the Senate Appropriations Committee restored funding to provide a $15 an hour minimum to be decided by individual departments. Senator Carla May of St. Louis was one of the Democrats on the committee who all voted for the new supplemental budget. I know people want to say this a Republican-Democrat situation. It never is. It's really about the issue and the policy. And so if it's a good policy, we support good policy decisions. The bill now goes to the full Senate floor. In Jefferson City, I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker is insisting a statewide mask mandate is still in effect for most schools. A bipartisan legislative panel has rejected an extension of the emergency rule detailing how to implement his mandate. But Pritzker says that decision does not change face-covering restrictions. The executive order is in effect. We still have a mask requirement in the state of Illinois for schools. An Illinois appellate court could decide today on whether to continue a restraining order blocking the school mask mandate in some districts. The attorney behind that case argues this week's legislative decision affirms the restraining order, rendering further action by the court unnecessary. Two students are suing the Wentzville School District for removing books from libraries. As St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke reports, the ACLU of Missouri filed the suit on behalf of the students. The lawsuit alleges the Wentzville School District violated the First Amendment rights of the students. Last month, the district removed the bluest eye by Toni Morrison, and it has temporarily removed many more books while they are under review. In this way, Wentzville stands out. Many local school districts keep books on shelves when there's a formal request to remove them. Tony Rothert is the director of advocacy for the ACLU of Missouri. It's very easy for any person in the community to get any book removed for any reason, even if it's a discriminatory reason, by just filing a complaint. It automatically comes off the shelf, and uh, that is exactly backwards. 
the ACLU of Missouri filed the suit in federal court Tuesday. I'm Kate Grumke, St. Louis Public Radio. Community leaders in St. Louis's Baden neighborhood are going to court to try to obtain vacant homes for people who are willing to renovate them. The Revitalization of Baden Association is working with Legal Services of Eastern Missouri to secure about 60 properties from absent owners. Those who agree to fix the houses would have to pay any delinquent taxes and construction costs. The association's Housing and Economic Development Director, Gloria Gooden, says it wants more homeowners in the neighborhood. We have a desire to return the neighborhood back to its original state, which was mostly property owners. And we're thinking that if you're a property owner, you have more vested in the neighborhood. Potential homeowners would have to agree to live in the houses for at least three years. Winter is not as cold as it used to be throughout the U.S. The average winter temperature in Missouri is about 4 degrees warmer than in 1970. As St. Louis Public Radio's Shayla Farzan reports, warmer winters are changing how some farmers grow crops. On a frigid winter morning, Liz Graznak cracks open the door of a greenhouse, letting out a rush of warm, earthy-smelling air. She carefully peels back a layer of cloth on the ground, revealing rows of tiny sprouts. That's the delphinium plants. These little dudes right there. (laughs) This is just one of four greenhouses that Graznak has at her organic farm near Columbia, Missouri. Inside, she's able to grow delicate, high-value crops, like flowers and spinach. Graznak says these greenhouses help protect plants from extreme swings in weather something she's noticed is happening more frequently. We don't get a couple of inches of snow. We get 18 inches of snow all at once. And then in five days, it's 70 degrees again. Like, that's devastating to a vegetable farm. Data show extreme weather is just one of the many effects of climate change across the U.S. For farmers like Graznak, another major change is warmer winters. The four hottest Januaries on record have all occurred since 2016. Amy Butler is a climate scientist at the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. She says winter is warming faster than any other season, based on data going back to the late 1800s. But, she says, cold weather will still happen. Less cold does not mean never cold. It just means that really cold weather will happen less often and be less severe or persistent in the future. These warmer winters have ripple effects in agriculture, says Dennis Toddy, director of the USDA Midwest Climate Hub in Ames, Iowa. One of the effects is on soils. Toddy says Midwestern soil is fertile because historically it freezes every year, which stops bacteria and other organisms from breaking it down. As the winter's warm, we have a longer period of time where that is unfrozen or we have more of the area that it never freezes. So the soils can kind of break down. So we start losing more of that good uh, nutrient value in those soils. When soils don't freeze, it can also help crop pests survive the winter and allow them to expand into new regions. But when it comes to agriculture in the Midwest, one of the most noticeable results of climate change right now is longer growing seasons. Richard Oswald's family has been farming in northwest Missouri on the Nebraska border since the 1840s. When I was a kid, my dad had a firm rule, you don't plant corn before the 12th of May. And the reason for that is the right time to plant corn is when 
oak leaves are the size of squirrel's ears. That's when the season starts. <laughs> now, Oswald says, he and other farmers plant corn a month earlier, in mid-April. That's partly because they're planting hardier varieties now. But he says the weather also warms up a lot sooner than it used to. These longer growing seasons can result in higher yields. Still, Oswald says he worries climate change will make farming much harder in the future. He's been thinking about it more and more since 2019, when catastrophic flooding swamped his farm and childhood home. From his pickup truck, he points to where the water stood for months. From the Nebraska bluffs behind us to the Missouri bluffs in front of us, it was all water. Oswald lost about 26,000 bushels of corn in that flood, some of which is still rotting on the ground at his farm. He says farmers rely on science and data every day to grow their crops, and the data show climate change is happening. But in his community, not many people will discuss it. They don't want to use the word climate change. Yeah, it's been hot, but I don't want to call it climate change. Or it's been wet, but I wouldn't say it's climate change. Having these frank discussions is hard, he says, but it will help them better prepare for what's coming. I'm Shayla Farzan, St. Louis Public Radio. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.